The Franciscan Friars of the Atonement present the Ave Maria Hour. Hello, this is Father Bob Warren of the Franciscan Friars of the Atonement. Thank you for listening to this rebroadcast of the Ave Maria Hour radio show. The Friars' popular Ave Maria Hour was first brought to the radio airwaves in 1939, recorded in New York City and on the mountainside grounds at Graymore, a home in Garrison, New York. These timeless classic stories of the Bible and the lives of the saints came to life each week through dramatic reenactment by professional actors and actresses. You know, friends, Christ once said, Do not hide your treasure under a bushel. In saying this, he meant share your gifts, share your talents. The Friars of the Atonement feel the message in these broadcasts remains as powerful and timely as when they were originally aired, and we are so happy to be able to share them with you today. To learn more about the missions and ministries of the Friars of the Atonement, I invite you to visit our website, www.atonementfriars.org. In the meantime, sit back and enjoy this rebroadcast of the Ave Maria Hour. St. Bernardino Realino. Bernardino! Bernardino! It's Cesare Pescara. I want to talk to you. I'm busy. There's some other time. Now! This minute. I want to see you. I'm coming in. Cesare, I know why you've come. And I would I've much rather not I've just come back talk. from Rome. Now, is the gossip I hear in the public places all over Naples true? Just tell me, yes or no? If the gossip is that I'm to become a novice of the Society of Jesus, then it's true. No. I couldn't believe it. Your books, what are you doing? Burning them. Stop. Stop it and sit down and talk to me. Time's too short. I've much to do these next few days. But this is madness. My father has just brought you to Naples to be superintendent of all his property. He has great confidence in you. Is this the way you show your gratitude? I sent my resignation to the Marquis of Pescara the moment I reached a final decision. It was not an easy one to make. He accepted it with good grace. I'm not the gentleman he is. I'm here to tell you it's a mean trick you've played him. You must have had this in mind before you came to Naples. No, Cesare. I accepted the position because I was ambitious, and I had every intention of serving your father to the limit of my capacity. It just doesn't make sense. You, a, a doctor of law from Bologna, a successful magistrate, just turning 34 with a wonderful career opening up, to throw it all away. For what? For what, Bernardino? Tell me that. For the salvation of my soul. I know you're a compassionate fellow and feel sorry for the underprivileged, but 
You don't have to become a religious to do good in this world. I have been through all that, Cesare. I told myself I didn't have to leave the world in order to serve God. It's true, you don't. Many wealthy men, my father, for instance, give alms to the poor. What others can do, I can't. Until now, I've lived as a friend of the world. Its pleasures, joys, honors. But now I realize that all that is vanity. I want now to be a friend of God. Hand me that book, please. Why are you burning all your books and your own writings? Are you ashamed of what you wrote? Well, there's nothing wicked in them. But they are reminders of how much time I've wasted on useless vanities. Bernardino, you'll not be happy among the Jesuits. You'll be back. I think not. I was in torment until I reached my decision with the help of prayer and the Holy Mother. But I can tell you in all truth, the happiest moment of my life came when I applied to the Father Superior and was accepted. But wait until you're among all those novices. You older than they, you learned, talented, washing dishes, waiting on tables, running to answer the doorbell, scrubbing floors on your hands and knees. I don't suppose you gave much thought to the cruder aspect of the holy life. As a matter of fact, Cesare, I hadn't. You'll get your wish about leaving this world. You'll put on a black habit and look as a thousand others dressed the same. And the world will soon forget you. That would be best. Hand me another book, please. I am the father provincial of the Jesuit fathers in Naples, where for ten years following his ordination... Bernardino labored, preaching, visiting the sick and the poor and the prisoners, especially the Moorish galley slaves, some of whom he was able to convert in spite of the language handicap. It was apparent, however, he was not cut out for the pulpit, but that his talent was for the direction of souls by means of the confessional and individual conferences. In 1574, a request came to me from Lecce at the heel of the Italian peninsula for priests to be sent to open a house there. I gave Bernardino that assignment. Distinguished city fathers, <laughs> I was told before coming to Lecce that our society might not be welcomed by all the people. It will afford me great satisfaction to write my informants. They were wrong. I have been here three months, and never has anyone said an unkind word about us. That's because of you, Father. The people love you. As I love them. When I celebrated my first Mass and addressed the congregation, I said, my brother Jesuits and I had come only to serve you. I repeat that. And beg of you not to spare me. If you love me... Do not spare me. For the next 42 years, the people of Lecce took Father Bernardino at his word and did not spare him. Busy as he was in establishing a house, a church, and later a college, he never refused to see anyone in trouble. The line of those waiting to be confessed grew longer, and the rich had to await their turn along with the poor. 
Although Lecce was a city of culture and learning, it was not long before Bernardino learned that in the back country the people were ignorant of religion. Rather, they lived in superstition and according to customs and traditions that bordered on the barbaric. Roberto? Yes, Uncle? Here is my hunting knife. Take it. No, no! Take it. Tonight, you will use it. No! I can't do it. I won't. Lucia's my sister. I love her. She who you call your sister, I refuse to give her a name, has brought dishonor upon us. She must die for that. But that priest in Lecce says... Don't mention priest to me. He knows nothing about these hills and cares less. We have rules of our own. We live and die by them. Your sister is having a child out of wedlock. For her foolishness, she must die. Not by my hand, Uncle. When our parents died, she was sister and mother to me. You're the closest relative. It's up to you to do it. Otherwise, you condone her act. The men will turn their backs to you, and decent women will spit as you pass by. I don't care. Do you want men to say, there goes Roberto, who is not even man enough to wipe out the dishonor to his name? What am I, your uncle, to say when men come and ask why it is my nephew refuses to live by our customs? Uncle, perhaps the man doesn't know she's to have a child. If I could find him, You I may could... be sure the man knows and is cleared out. You... Do what has to be done. Do it quickly. If you give her time to plead with you, you'll weaken. One quick stab to the heart and all will be over. No no blame will be upon you. Uncle. Go. When you return my knife, her blood must be upon it. anyone has come to see me. You've dishonored all of us. Don't hate me, Roberto, for something I couldn't help. You knew the penalty for what you did. I loved him. You're young, Roberto. Love has never touched your heart. That's not true. I love... I mean, I used to love you, Lucia. Well, that's different, Roberto. Lucia, why did you do this to me? To you? I must kill you. <gasps> Oh, our uncle's been talking to you. Everyone who bears the same name. They all say I'll not be regarded as a man unless I kill you. They say... I know the code, Roberto. There's not a woman in the hills who doesn't. Oh, what am I to, to do? God knows I don't want to kill you, but everyone says I must before the child's born. It must be done so other women will not do what you did. I was afraid they would send you. Last night I tried to kill myself, but I couldn't. It was the child that stopped me. I know I should die for what I did. But I had no right to kill the child. Roberto, remember that priest, the one from Lecce? The one who came to Angelina Ricardo when the other priest refused? Yes. Father Bernardino Realino. Go to him and ask his advice. Oh, Lucia. People from all over Italy come to see him. They wait in line. The streets are filled with carriages of the nobility. He wouldn't pay any attention to me. Still, he came to Angelina. Go to him now. Suppose he won't see me. 
Then return. And be sure to bring your knife. Aren't you the young man who came to seek advice, Father Bernardino? Yes, Reverend Father, but that was four hours ago. He went to pray and told me to wait. Do you think he's forgotten all about me? I'm sure he hasn't. But it's important. I'm desperate. It was four, almost five hours ago. Fair. Father Bernardino never forgets anyone in trouble. Be patient. But it's taken so long, and my sister is... Oh, here he comes, my son. He's so pale. He must have bad news for me. Roberto, everything is going to be all right. All right? My sister's about to have a child who will be a constant reminder of her disgrace. My son, your sister has given birth to a child. But God, in his infinite mercy, has taken it back unto himself shortly after it was baptized. Father, are you sure? Uh, quite sure, Reverend Father. But my sister, she said the only reason she didn't kill herself was for the sake of a child. But now she now, might. not only will your sister live, but within 40 days, a compassionate man who has silently loved your sister, will marry her and take her from the village. Father, how can you know these things? Reverend Father, is he saying this just to get rid of me? Have faith in what I tell you. Go home, comfort your sister, and tell your uncle that as Christ forgave Mary Magdalene, he must forgive your sister. All right, Father. But I don't think my uncle will believe it. Go, my son. Can't you see Father Bernardino is very tired? Father Bernardino, I wish you had consulted me before advising that boy. I suppose I could have sent him home with God's commandment, one shall not kill. But the boy was in torment because of love of his sister and mistaken duty to family honor. I wanted to give him some hope, something definite. Why did you have to be so definite as to time? You have dared to look into the future. Now, surely you know you're treading on dangerous ground. It was not I who looked into the future. Father, I distinctly heard you tell that boy that the child was still born and that in 40 days his sister would be married. I went to my room to pray. I was on my knees for a long time. I've no idea how long. At last, the Holy Mother appeared and revealed these things to me. Perhaps your desire to help the boy caused you to imagine this. There was no mistake, Reverend Father. And she spoke these words to you? Yes. Tell me, Father, how was she dressed? In a brilliant blue gown. And as before, holding the Christ child. As before? She has come to you before? Several times. Just when? And under what circumstances? The first time... When I was a magistrate at Casina, I was standing on a crag, ready to throw myself into the river below, because I had received a letter telling me that a young woman, whom I loved, had died. The Holy Mother led me back to reason. And at what other time? When I couldn't make up my mind whether to give up the world, the Holy Mother appeared and instructed me to join the Society of Jesus. Why have you never told me about this? Until now, there has never been any occasion to mention it. I must accept that the Holy Mother has come to you, but 
at times of personal crisis in your life. But this time there is prediction of future events. That has never happened before. Now, Father, you seem to take this very calmly. Now, that boy will go to the village and spread the story. Have you given any consideration as to how you will be discredited and scorned if the prediction doesn't come true? No, that hasn't occurred to me. I should think it would have before you spoke. What in the world were you thinking of? Of the future, Reverend Father. Of what will happen. Of the cross I'll have to bear when the prediction is fulfilled. Uncle, I tried to do as you wanted, but I couldn't. So you ran away. Where did you go? Lucia asked me to go to the priest at Lecce for advice. And I suppose he gave you a lecture on how we in the hills should conduct our affairs? He said everything would be all right. That the child would not live and that Lucia What's would... that? When did he say this? Two days ago when I saw him in Lecce. You're not making up this story? No, Uncle, no, I swear it. He told me the child would be baptized and then die. Did he say how he knew that? No, he left me and prayed for almost five hours. Then he came and told me. Strange. Very strange. Still... Strange, Uncle? What strange? Have you seen your sister? No, I, I came directly to you. I wanted you to know she wouldn't have to die. You, you talked to no one? No, no. I came right to you. Why all these questions? Yesterday, your sister bore a child that lived only long enough to be baptized. And Lucia, what of her? She is well. Waste no tears on her. Since you were not man enough to kill her, it's good the child died. Just as the priest foretold. Perhaps. Perhaps. And again, it was just a guess. He was so sure, as if he knew. Well, how could he know? But suppose it wasn't just a guess. Then what? Men, even priests, cannot look into the future. But he said more, uncle. What more? That a man would marry Lucia and take her away from here. <laughs> now he's talking nonsense. No man would marry her. But that's what he said. That within 40 days she would be married. Did he say who the fool would be? No. A man who had loved her for a long time but had never spoken out. <laughs> it's impossible. Yet said priests can do miracles with bread and wine, changing it to flesh and blood. He said Christ forgave a woman like Lucia and that you should do like Christ. Roberto, swear you will say nothing to anyone about what the priest told you. I swear it. Not a word, even to your sister. I swear it to no one, not even to my sister. Now, reach into that bag of beans and carefully count out 40. No more, no less. Count out beans? I shall put them in this jar, and each night I shall take one out so that I shall know. Know what, Uncle? At the end of 40 days, whether this Father Bernardino is a fool or a saint... Seven, eight, nine, ten. There are ten beans left, Uncle. <laughs> A whole month has gone by and no man has come near your sister. But the forty days aren't up yet. Well, nothing's going to happen. I shall tell the people how this priest pretends to be a holy man who can tell the future, but who is just a meddling fool. Seven, eight, nine, ten. 
Uncle. Uncle. Huh? Lucia's gone. Gone? Where? What do you mean? I don't know where. I went to see her. She was not at home. This letter was on the table. Oh, give it to me. Roberto, a kind and good man who has always loved me asked me to marry him. I've gone away with him. I'm sorry for the disgrace I brought upon you. I pray that you will forgive me. It's happened. Just like the priest said it would. Look, the jar has only one bean left. One bean. Thirty-nine days. I... I can't understand how he could know these things. A lot of people in Lecce say he is a holy man. Well, he must have some magic secret. All he did was to go to his room and pray to God for guidance. Roberto, if he has this power, he knows what's hidden to ordinary men, whether they shall live or die. I, I must go to him. But you said you hated well, priests. this one's different. You're going to him now? Yes, before it's too late. I must tell him my sins. Father Bernardino's prediction was told and retold. In quick succession, other supernatural events followed. Father Bernardino, did you hear that two Capuchins have been captured by Turkish pirates? Yes, and I have prayed for their release. Ah, that is well. However, the good citizens have started a public subscription to pay their ransom. Uh, that won't be necessary. Not necessary? What do you mean? The ship was boarded by pirates. But the friars and several of the crew made their escape in longboats. Father, I've just made a good confession. Now you look at me with tears in your eyes. Why is this? My Lord Marquis, God is giving you today, by me, a salutary warning. In two months, on the feast of St. Mary Magdalene, you will die. Father, no. Are you saying this because you think I've not confessed everything? No, my son. It is so that you may have time to set your conscience in order and prepare for the journey into eternity. a letter for you. Thank you. And some good news. A vessel picked up some men last week from a longboat. They escaped from a pirate raid. Among them were the two Capuchin friars. The citizens who subscribed for their ransom wish to turn the money over to our college. Oh. Reverend Father. Yes? We have lost a good friend. This letter reports the death of the Marquis of Terza. I'm... I'm saddened. When did he die? Three days ago. On the feast of St. Mary Magdalene. 
There was no rest for Bernardino as the story spread that he was a living saint. People came from all parts of Europe asking for relics, even for the privilege of touching his habit. People snipped bits of cloth from his habit. They wrote letters in order to have his signature and used all sorts of devices to obtain something he had used. Blood from a wound he suffered when he fell down a flight of stairs, why that was even collected in vials and kept as relics. And then, in 1616, as he lay dying... Read to me the passion of Jesus. And the high priest therefore questioned Jesus concerning his teaching. And Jesus answered him, I have spoken openly to the world. I have always taught in the synagogue and in the temple where all the people gather, and in secret I have said nothing. Why dost thou question me? Question those who have heard what I spoke to them. Behold, those know what I have said. Now, when he had said these things, one of the attendants who was standing by struck Jesus, saying, No, no. for Bernardino. As he lay in his coffin, the surging crowd sought relics and it took guards to clear the room. Fearing worse would happen at his funeral, the authorities buried Bernardino quietly at night. Years later, the blood saved in vials frothed on the anniversary of St. Bernardino's death or when brought close to one of his relics. In this scientific age, men would try to explain away such miracles. The people of Lecce would have accepted them without question, for they knew a saint had passed among them. listening to this rebroadcast of the Ave Maria Hour, brought to you by the Franciscan Friars of the Atonement. For over 110 years, the Friars have devoted themselves to fulfilling St. Francis' prayer, to heal wounds, to unite what has fallen apart, and to bring home those who have lost their way. We work for Christian unity and interreligious understanding. We provide respite at our retreat center at Greymoor for those in need of spiritual renewal. We staff parishes throughout the world, serve as chaplains for colleges, hospitals, and prisons. We care for the ill through hospice work, ministry to those with HIV AIDS. We also shelter the homeless and provide treatment and services for those suffering from alcoholism and drug addiction. If you would like to be included in our prayer list, participate in specials and Anthony Novenas, 
and or visit St. Anthony Shrine Graymore. Attend a retreat, learn more about our Ave Maria Hour productions, or simply make a donation to assist us in fulfilling St. Francis' prayer to help those in need. Please visit our website at atonementfriars.org or email me at avemaria at atonementfriars.org. You can write to me, Father Bob, Friars of the Atonement, Graymore, Post Office Box 300, Garrison, New York, 10524. And so, in closing, I ask for the blessing of God upon you and those you love. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. And may he look upon you with kindness and give you his peace. Amen.